place for great ovation in this place. Can we lift our voices and lift our hands? Come on, shout his praise tonight. He is so good. He is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you honour in this place, our King of kings and our Lord of lords. I thank you, Lord God, that you are with us. Your presence is evident. I thank you for a church that is desperate for more of you and a church that is looking outward, Father God. Father, I just pray that we would see like you see and hear like you hear and love like you love. Teach us, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome just to do whatever it is that you want to do in your mighty name. And everyone shouted together a great amen and amen. Woo! Amen. Thank you, Lord. Can we give the worship team a huge round of applause? Wow. I want to take them all home. I'm sure you do too. Are they from like lots of churches? Yeah? Good job. Good job, everybody. You're amazing. Why don't you take your seat? Oh, you already did. Sorry, I can't see you. Can I just, yeah, thank you. Just a little bit more light would be amazing. Thank you. Hey, um, firstly, can I just say how honoured, deeply honoured that I am to be here with you tonight. And I don't take it for granted at all that... um, you know, you do this once a year. I don't take it for granted that I, you know, would be invited to come and, and for that and for the, the team for inviting me. I just want to say thank you so much for entrusting me with your platform, which I know is very important. I just wanted to say before I bring what I really feel is on my heart to bring tonight is that I don't know except I feel the smile of God um, on what you're doing here. And... There was, while I was praying in worship, I just kept feeling the Holy Spirit say to me that um, he loves that you care, just that word care. And, and I just wanted to, I guess, say, you know, all of heaven is saying, good job, that you care. You care about the things that God cares about. And, and so often in life we get caught in our own little silo, but you have lifted your heads and you've humbled yourselves and you've come together because you care. And so I just honour you all tonight and I think you need to give yourselves a huge round of applause um, because heaven takes note. Yes, you can do better. You're all amazing. <laughs> God is doing something powerful across the earth, though, and it does um, take us all coming together. It amazed me last weekend that um, what would take all of us years and years took one crazy preacher 13 minutes at a royal wedding to declare over 2 billion people that God loves them. (laughs) I'm like, bring it on. There you go. And... It's just amazing, hey, God can do what we have prayed about, what some of you have labored in prayer about over this city, over Tasmania for years and years. God can do it in a moment. And I think we're living in days where we've got to be on the front foot and and expect him to move. Expect him to move by his power and his might in ways that we've never, ever imagined. 
Um, I'm going to show you before I speak this message a quick picture of my family when we're dressed up on a good day. Okay, there it is at my middle daughter Chloe's wedding and you'll see a lot of us there and our grandbabies and the only person missing, now that photo was like two years ago, so the only person missing is this little person. Can you put up the next photo? There is another photo and it's really cute, so we're going to wait. Oh, little Thea May. So um, there's our little family, and it's growing by the minute, it seems. And hallelujah for family. I love being a parent and a grandparent. And I've got to tell you, I'm just one very, very grateful woman. I am July this year, four years, cancer-free. I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for praying for me, those who did. And if you didn't, well, thanks anyway. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. The first time that we hear the word worship in its context as worship is found in Genesis 22. And I want to read a little bit from there, and then I'm going to expand on it just for a few moments this evening. It says here that sometime later, God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham. And Abraham replied, here I am. I want to just add here that our English definition and translation gives no hint as to the wholehearted approach of this word, here I am, or these three words. The Hebrew explanation is a word that is described as hineni. And Hineni means not just, oh, here I am, Lord. It means whatever you ask, before I even know what it is you're going to ask, my wholehearted answer is yes. Now, I want you to remember that when we hear Abraham go, Hineni, here I am. And God said to him, now, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Okay, I bet Abraham wasn't expecting that out of Hineni. Here I am. Yet God says to him, I want you to do something. And early the next morning, Abraham got up and he saddled his donkey and he took him with two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the offering, he sent out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there and we will worship and then we will come back to you. You can hear Abraham's faith. Yes, we will worship, but we will come back to you. And Abraham took the word for the offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and he said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, said Isaac, and the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, sorry, said Abraham, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. 
And when they had reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and he arranged the wood and he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Can you even imagine this? I actually cannot even fathom this. And then he reaches out his hand. This is in obedience to his personal Hanani moment. He reaches out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And we know what happens next. Thank the Lord. God brings a ram, a sacrifice. He sees him in the thicket. And, he, and so Abraham grabs that ram, as I'm sure he did, and put it on there to sacrifice instead of his son Isaac. And later in the chapter, it actually says, because you have held nothing back from me, because you have held nothing back in blessing, I will bless you, says the word of God. See, woven within the miracle of truthful worship, I actually believe across the earth that we are being aligned by the Holy Spirit to this same posture, this same posture of hands upward and open, ready for whatever is asked, our personal, here I am, Lord, send me. Not out of works, not out of striving, but a trust in God that he will do what he said he will do. Does anyone believe me tonight? Amen. See, church, the fact is that we live in a world that is full of busyness and noise, affluence, abject poverty, crazy political shifts, dire suffering and pain. And at times, it actually feels like parts of the church are across the earth have actually started to retreat and started to sit down and actually become part of the landscape, feeling maybe overwhelmed with the magnitude of the mission instead of actually standing our ground and lifting our hands and taking our place and singing our songs and spreading the love of Jesus and being part of God's ridiculously glorious redemption plan. That's his plan. You know, I've heard it said that every time the church loses its voice, the world loses its conscience. And one of the saddest scriptures is found in Lamentations 5.14 when it says this, the elders have gone from the city gate and the young men have stopped their music. See, when hope dies, when people get tired and they get fearful, then so does the generational influence and so does the sound of holy singing. And if we as the people of God stray too far from our personal Hanani moments, we get our eyes stuck on the temporal, on what is seen, on what is fed to us through the media and we lose sight of actually what is unseen. The unseen, this is our faith walk. You can't see it, but you can hang your life off it. Amen, that's faith. See, Moses, he grappled with the Lord about making sure that God's unseen manifest presence was always front and center in his life. And he said, God, if your presence is not with us, we're not going anywhere. And see, one of the glorious abilities of worship is that a song, you know, the song in itself, I was saying today to some of the worship leaders, the song in itself is not worship. 
It's just that the song can gather your mind and your will and help your emotions express what they need to express to allow your heart to focus on Jesus. As we, the people of God, invite the dominion of his kingdom to be established in our lives and on earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He inhabits the praises of his people. That means that we become a habitation for his presence. What a spectacular relationship to be invited into. So church, my heart toward you today is to encourage you to say, don't sit down, don't retreat. We need to be a worshiping people. We need to be a people full of ones who have our personal Hanani moments and keep Jesus at the center of all things. And who like Moses that we pray and we say, God, unless you are with me, unless your presence is with me, I just cannot take another step. Which means Moses was staying away from striving and struggling and working harder, rather coming before the Lord. I'm gonna go in the power of you. I'm gonna go bathed in the Holy Spirit, power and might. So you'll notice in Genesis 22, you know, when Abraham is talking about bringing the most expensive offering that we can ever imagine, you know, there is no mention of music and song. You know, he didn't look over in the thicket and there was a band, you know, just doing great. And he's like, hallelujah. (laughs) But you, I want you to think of this instead In the foreground of this picture, there is an altar and someone's treasure about to be laid upon it. See, as far as worship is concerned, we learn that worship is not so much what we do with our lips, but far more to do with what we do with our lives. And Romans 12, it tells us continually and invites us all into the conversation. It's not reserved for people who are talented in music and song, but actually worship is inclusive. It invites every man, woman and child, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. It just opens the door and says, come on in. Romans 12 tells us, just bring your whole life as your spiritual act of worship. It says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and your proper worship. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You all doing okay? Good, just checking. (laughs) I'm actually better at singing the message than speaking. (laughs) But I want to tell you something today. I wholeheartedly believe the purpose behind all of our lives and when it comes to worship, I truly believe it is far greater than we had ever imagined. I think that maybe, just maybe, the God of all heaven and earth is reminding us as we stand to behold him, I think he's reminding us who we are who we are, um, 
Pastor David referred to it before, our identity in Christ. You know, every time you stand before him, it's amazing. We draw near to him, but he's already been drawing near to us. And every time we come before him, he's always speaking love and value over us. And we stand to behold him and we are reminded that we are his image bearers, that we can be secure in our identity because of who we are in him, not who we are in us, but who we are in him, that he is glorious in love. Therefore, we have the ability to go out in love. He is strong and great in power because of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we have the ability to go out in the power of the Holy Spirit, secure in our mission and completely passionate about the role of the church on the earth. Do you know what? I've got to tell you, I used to kind of apologize for what God has done in my life. I used to kind of try and small it down. You know, I don't want to talk about it. But actually, I guess after walking through the past few years, what I now see as truly valuable has been stripped back. And what I focus on daily is very clear to me. And now I know my lane and I refuse to apologize for God's mercy. And I refuse to apologize for God's grace. And I know that if my heart just continually remains thankful and passionate for his kingdom come in my life, then all will be okay. The worst thing that can happen is I get graduated to glory. So we can't lose for winning. Amen and amen. So I want you tonight to just take a deep breath again, church. For at this time in history, where people are connected on one level but, on one level, but completely disconnected on a deep level, we find that people everywhere are finding that the hole in their soul is deepening and widening. They're grasping at straws to fill the void. And the noise of the world is getting louder and louder. And that's why I was so encouraged tonight when I felt the Holy Spirit just smile that you care about his church because it is good to gather together to remember that we need to encourage each other. The Word of God tells us, especially, especially as these days are getting darker and especially as the noise of the world gets louder and louder, we need to be together to encourage each other. We also need to be together to tell the world that the church is actually alive and well. Thank you very much. And the Kingdom of God is advancing. <laughs> Sometimes it can feel like, what are we doing? Anyone ever felt like that? Okay, one honest man up the back with his hand up. But the church on the earth is advancing and we're taking, it, taking the, um, the ground that God is asking us to take, but we're not taking it with the weapons of this world. We're taking it via spiritual warfare. We're taking it with the love of God. We're taking it and coming at things from a different angle where people are bringing hate. We're saying, no, 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 no. There's another way. There is a higher way. See, God's kingdom is immovable. It's unshakable. And it's vital to remember this and celebrate this and not allow the kingdoms of this world to small us down. Remember, church, it's his glory and it's his love that defines us 
It's a level playing field. Just keep praying your Hineni prayer, your personal prayer. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me to my neighbors. Send me to nations. Send me to neighbors. Nations, neighbors. Nations, neighbors. But I think we go back to the age-old problem of identity, remembering who we are as a church, whose we are and why we are. I love the church because at 15 years old, when I was a broken young girl living out of home, when I discovered Christ, I actually discovered his family. And they opened the door wide for me. And the music minister in, in our church, there were two music ministers and they were both women. And they took me under their wing and included me in their family and discipled me in the ways of God and didn't ask me to perform, but they just loved me unconditionally. And the doors of the house of God have always been open and the doors of the house of God will always be open for you. And let's make sure the doors of our houses of God, wherever they are, are always open for people like you and people like me who are just longing for family and longing to belong. First Peter 2, 9 to 10. I'm just looking at the time. Where is it? Because someone told me I have to be gone soon. I can't see. Oh, there it is. Okay, seven minutes. Here we go. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm going to be like an auctioneer now. 1 Peter 2, it says this, You are God's chosen treasure. I'm speaking this over you tonight, church. You are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that, listen up, that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people but now you are and at one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet. But now you are drenched with it. If I could have the team come. Ephesians 1.23 says this, which you heard earlier. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and he acts and he fills everything with his presence. You are valuable. You have much to bring to the table. See, we are a chosen generation. And sometimes it's hard to remember this because I know me and you know you. It's kind of hard to remember that God still sees us and knows us and loves us and calls us chosen. Oswald Chambers, he says this amazing thing after being gripped by a knowing that he was chosen. Do you know what his response was? And I quote, and I quote, I just wanna be a cup in God's hand, longing to quench his royal thirst. Peter gets more specific when he tells us a precise reason for our existence. He says that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Church, when we lose our why, we lose the faith in our identity. And Peter here is passionately reminding us why. See, God has given us, you and I, his church, 
our identity in order that his identity might be proclaimed through us. Amen. God has made us who we are so we could make known who he is in Jesus' name. He is constant and he is forgiveness and he is redemption himself and he is grace and he trusts us to be his image bearers. He, he made sure that you and I were born for this season in history. Therefore, he trusts us to carry his love and grace and mercy in this season in history. In Ephesians 3, it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. Never doubt it, church family. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and He will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. So we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises, listen to this, from every church. That rises from every church. Okay, just one lady down here is like, yeah, it does. <laughs> rises from every church. Yeah. In every generation through Jesus. See, it's simple. We make it so hard, but it's simple. Rises through every church. We need the colors and the fabric of the kingdom of God, the beautiful diversity of the king and his kingdom that allows all of us to express his praise and express his glory and goodness. The things that don't change, he says, just go out and be me. Go out and love people. Go out and reflect me wherever you are. And so we partake in being part of his church and we, we become part of the flow of his church, the kingdom of God. See, if you're working against the flow, you're gonna be frustrated. If you are like the world, you're gonna be frustrated. The world won't be impacted by us. But Hebrews 11 says this, and I'm nearly done. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's Word. And He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Church, there is nothing passive about centralising the presence of God in each of our lives. There is nothing passive about it. And I encourage you to, tonight, you know, I'm going to ask you to stand. Actually, why don't we do that together now? Why don't we stand together? We're going to do two things. You doing all right? Yep. We're going to do two things. Let me just say this, uh, this little saying from Charles Spurgeon, and he says this, I have now brought all my prayers into one. My one prayer is this, is that I may die to self and live wholly to Him. See, the response of the created, you and I, to the Creator has never changed. In response to His majesty, our lives become that Romans 12, that spiritual act of worship, that continual Hineni, 
Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. So tonight, we're going to pray for two groups of people, and I'm going to ask Dan to come. You can pray for the second. But tonight, I want to pray for you, the church. I just want to pray that together, that we maybe do a kind of a unified Hanani moment before God. I really know that you have heaven's attention. When I was walking around the city this morning and just praying for you, it's like, it's like this region is like tender, just ready for a great match, you know, for people's hearts to just start to come alive to the goodness of God. So if you would allow me to pray for you tonight, but I ask that you do something with me. Why don't you, even if you're not used to lifting your hands, even if you lift them like this, it's like your personal Hanani moment. If you want to lift your hands higher, just do so. Whatever is authentic for you right now. And I'm closing my eyes and I'm praying that you do too right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the church. I thank you for the church. I thank you for the kingdom of God. I thank you for godly leaders that you have put in place right now in this region. I thank you for the whole of Tasmania, Father, that there will be such a revival spirit that the church will rise and find its way and not be quietened down by the noise of this world, but they will find their way to continue to stand and like Abraham, bringing the fullness of their worship. And just tonight again, Lord, we say, Hanani, here we are, Lord. Use our lives, neighbours and nations, in our schools, in our universities, in our hospitals, in our parliament. Father God, here we are in our businesses, in our homes. Lord Jesus, where there's been breakdown in the home, Father God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you do what only you can do. I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our nation, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father. There is nothing that is impossible for you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say something before Dan comes. In all of the different expressions of the church here tonight, I just feel to say this as a leader of worship. Just be confident in, in your God and be confident in your style. You know, there's no shout that can make him any bigger. There is no silence that can make him any smaller. Our job is to just be authentic before him, open our hearts. And I just speak this over our pastors and our leaders tonight. You know, God, he's, he's got you. He's got this. It's not about style. He's just looking for people who are just making their personal and moments day by day. Imperfect, wonderful people. Here we are, Lord God. Send us. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do in this great land in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. 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 Thanks, Dan. And how about we turn Pastor Darlene?
Let's give her a big Tasmania. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Darlene. What a fantastic message we've heard tonight. I believe God's done something supernatural in that moment, that Hanene moment. This is going to be a moment we're going to look back collectively at and go, God did something in that moment that changed the direction of my life. Now, I want to ask a question. It's the most important question we can ever present to anyone. And Pastor Darlene touched on a message that was preached just a couple of, couple of uh, days ago at the royal wedding, a message of love. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, so that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. I love the fact that it says, for whoever. Other translations say anyone. Other translations say everyone. In other words, there is no exception. From the person with the most broken drug addiction through to the person who thinks they've got their life all together. From the person who's struggling being a single mom to the person who's making millions of dollars but struggling with pornography. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you're battling with, no sin is too great for our God to overcome through His love for us. Anyone who believes in their heart would not perish but have everlasting life. One of the biggest problems though is there's something causing a wall of separation and that's called sin. Romans 3.23 says we all fall short of God's glorious standard. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. We all have sin. Whether it's intentional or unintentional, we all have it. But the beautiful thing is this. All we have to do is confess our sin, believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and He is faithful to forgive us of all unrighteousness. So right here in this building, I could personally think to myself, just because you made it to church together must mean that you have it all together with God. But I'm looking at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. And I want to ask every single person in this place, just for a moment of privacy and a moment of, so you're not being distracted by the people around you, why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? That way you can have a moment of reflection. A moment of reflection. Am I right with God? The only thing that makes us right with God is placing our faith in Christ and Christ alone as the Lord and Savior of our lives, confessing our sin and trusting wholeheartedly Him. And from the front of the room to the back of the room, I would love to lead you in a prayer. I made this decision for myself about 11 years ago. It was the best decision I've ever made. I wish someone had presented it to me earlier so I could have made that decision earlier. But I believe that you are not here by accident tonight. Maybe you were invited by a friend. Maybe you just walked in the front doors because they were open and music was playing. I don't know how you got here. But what I do know is God loves you. He's not mad with you. He's madly in love with you. And if you are here with every eye closed, if you know in your heart that you do not know God, you do not know Jesus, that you are far from Him, 
I would love to lead you in a prayer. If you know that you made that decision once, but you've drifted so far away that you're like, I don't even know if God would love me if I came back. The beautiful thing is that you can never run too far to separate yourself from the love of God. He loves you that much. All you have to do is turn, confess, repent, come back to Him. He loves you so much. So I would love to lead you in a prayer. But the Bible says, if you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. So what I want you to do, if you know in your heart you're far from God, if you know in your heart that you don't know God, but you want to know God, I want you to do something bold. And that's just to lift your hand up with every other eye closed, with every head bowed. I just want you to lift up your hand nice and high, just so I know who I'm praying for and who I'm praying with tonight. Yep, I see that hand, I see that hand. Just lift it up nice and high. This is your Hanane moment. This is your God, I want to receive you as the Lord and Savior of my life moment. Yeah, I see those hands in the middle there. I see that hand all the way at the back up there. Yep, I see that hand at the other side on the back up there. I just want you to own this moment. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. Is there anyone else that needs to make this decision here tonight? Just lift up your hand nice and high. This is you acknowledging before man. I see that hand at the back. Yep, fantastic. Fantastic. I see that hand up the front here. I see that hand up the front here. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, church, together. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer together. And if you pray this prayer sincerely, genuinely from your heart, it's authentic. God can do something supernatural in you and make you right with God through Christ. So how about we pray this prayer together, as church together, as family together in Christ. Let's all pray this prayer together. We've got a whole bunch of people that are making this decision for the first time or coming back to relationship with Christ here tonight. Let's pray together, church together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love me so much that you died on the cross for me, for my sin my shame, and my mistakes. Tonight, I choose to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. I ask you to be my Lord and to be my Savior and to be my friend. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. We're going to sing this song now. Let's give those guys a round of applause. It says in the Bible that all of heaven rejoices when one person comes to faith in Christ. Right now, all of heaven is rejoicing and we give you praise. Hey, one thing about making a decision for Christ, it's not meant to be something done in isolation, but it's meant to be something done in community together. Christianity isn't about being a lone ranger. It's about family and including one another and supporting one another like we heard Darlene say. Because of that, if you made a decision here tonight, we would love to give you a Bible, would love to connect with you and would love to encourage you on this journey that you've begun here tonight. So John, you're going to sing a song called Resurrecting, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? How about whilst... John sings, myself and Pastor Matt Sharples, who you heard earlier, 
How about, we'll come up the front here, and if you made that decision here tonight, I would love to shake your hand, and I would love to congratulate you on the decision that you've made here tonight. So how about we give a massive round of applause as people start to make their way down to the front, people that have made life-changing decisions to become followers of Jesus Christ. Make your way down here. Pastor Matt, make your way down here, and we're going to sing and glorify our God in Jesus' name. Amen.